Democratic base is very dialed into abortion rights as an issue more broadly. Uh, Same-sex marriage, right. Who's the state's last abortion provider? Has now apologized to his congregation. the Bible has applications for every part of our lives. her views as a Southern Baptist. camera saying that... The problem is also not just In the midst of all of today's noise and confusion, we need a voice that cuts through the chaos to bring wisdom and clarity. Welcome to The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's, an hour-long show exploring critical issues related to faith and culture from a uniquely Christian perspective. Now, here's your host, Julie Roy's. Well, hello and welcome to The Roy's Report, brought to you in part by Judson University. I'm Julie Roy's, and I'm so excited to be back on the radio with a brand new program, and I'm so glad you're taking the time to join us on this first ever broadcast of The Roy's Report. I actually woke up this morning with all these tweets and texts and emails wishing me well, sending me verses, saying you're praying for me in the new show. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Your support means a ton to me. And I do hope you'll make The Roy's Report a regular part of your Saturday morning routine. But if you ever miss it, The Roy's Report re-airs Sunday night at 7 p.m. on WYLL's sister station, AM 560. The audio also will be posted to my website, julieroy, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. But I'm so excited about my show today. I have two very special guests in studio, Scott Bryant and Ryan Mahoney. They're the authors of a blog called The Elephant's Debt. Gentlemen, welcome. So glad that you could join me. Good morning, Julie. Morning, Julie. Good morning. And one is the crazy Irishman, the other the crazy, I don't know, Scotsman, Englishman? English, Irish, Scotch, German. Yeah, but they've promised me they're going to be on their best behavior, right? I I think my mom's listening, so I have to Yeah, you better be. (laughs) Well, if you don't know anything about the elephant's debt, don't worry, I'll tell you all about that. I also have uh, joining me today Dr. Jessica Hockett. She'll be uh, in studio and with us a little bit later on in the program. But just let me give you a little bit of background. On the past uh, 18 months or so, as some of you know, uh, I used to have a show on Moody Radio for six years called Up for Debate, but I did something that apparently you're not allowed to do. I blew the whistle on some wrongdoing that I had discovered there, and that got me fired. But it also got the top leadership at Moody to change and to resign, and it led to some really uh, positive changes there at the Institute. It also launched me on a very interesting journey. That's because my reporting on Moody led to another, perhaps even bigger, investigation. And if you follow the news, you may have already heard about it. I hope so. Uh, That investigation concerned Harvest Bible Chapel, a megachurch with seven campuses in the Chicago area. It also involved Harvest celebrity pastor James McDonald. And that investigation led to some pretty big changes, too. Harvest fired Pastor James McDonald for alleged financial impropriety, bullying staff and church members, and what many would contend was biblically disqualifying behavior. McDonald's national TV and radio ministry called Walk in the Word was also shut down, and many senior staff at Harvest stepped down too. And there's a sifting that's going on, and I encourage you, uh, if you're a praying person and you care about the church, pray for those affected by this story. Uh, It is just so painful and so much hurt involved when you have wolves preying on the sheep. Also, If you'd like to read my articles about Harvest or Moody, you can go to my website. Again, that's julieroys, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Everything's posted there. But that brings me to my topic today, crusading bloggers. You see, even though I'm a journalist and I published some of my investigative stories this past year in World Magazine, I published many of my stories on my blog. And this whole business of blogging has become quite controversial, especially when blogs are critical of the church or a Christian leader. 
Now, some say bloggers are helping clean up the church by exposing sin in organizations and leaders, but others say they're lowering the standards of journalism and spreading gossip. In fact, here's what a pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel, uh, Dr. Michael Van Lanningham, had to say not just about blogs, but about social media as well. Social media, by the way, has become social mania. Blogging has become flogging. Tweeting has become beating. I'm here to tell you, it has no place in the Christian life, period. If you got a problem with somebody, guys, let's go fix it. Keeping it private between us so we can do that. You wouldn't want them to talk about how nasty you are, would you? You ever heard of the golden rule? So if I post something nasty about somebody else, we're talking about all kinds of sins here when we do this kind of stuff. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Let's stop, okay? If you're willing to stop the madness on social media, would you just raise your hand right now? And there's a lot of you who aren't. Oh, that's too bad. Pray for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you. Well, again, that is Dr. Michael Van Lanningham, a pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel. So what do you think about what he said? Is tweeting beating? Is blogging flogging? I mean, certainly we should go person to person when we have issues with one another, right? But, But what do we do? Are there times when we need to go public with something. Our studio line is open and the number to call is 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. And again, joining me in studio to discuss this issue are two bloggers very near and dear to me, uh, Scott Bryant and Ryan Mahoney, authors of The Elephant's Debt. That's a blog critical of Harvest and James McDonald. So guys, again, uh, so glad you can be here and uh, Boy, did you ever think back in 2012 when you launched this thing called the Elephant's Debt that we'd be where we are today? No. Uh, there was no way you could predict that um, man Cal Muller would uh, jump in on the airwaves and become an ally. Um, that's uh, Yeah. For those that don't know, um, man Cal actually uh, broadcasts some audio that James McDonald it was caught on a hot mic. Um, and he broadcast some of that that was... Said some was pretty, pretty, pretty outlandish things. Pretty outlandish things. And that was sort of the last straw that led to uh, James McDonald being fired. Right. But uh, you guys started this blog six years ago. And by the way, I should mention that not only are Scott and Ryan fellow bloggers, but we're also, we're co-defendants in a lawsuit this year. Or last year. Yeah, that was last fun. Year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. But before I ever published anything for World Magazine, um, but Harvest did know that I was investigating. They slapped a lawsuit on me, and then Ryan, who I had never even met face-to-face, but apparently our husbands were... <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. My, my husband, not you, our husbands, my yeah. husband uh, was a close <clears throat> business associate, which was funny because when I went to my husband and said, do you know Ryan Mahoney? He said, Ryan who? Right. Had no idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was in the lawsuit. Um, but the lawsuit was slapped against us, uh, myself, you... Uh, Scott, your your wives as well were included, um, and I, I saw that as just an effort at prior restraint to keep me from reporting, which is unconstitutional. Judge threw it out, right. um, but that was a little bit scary at the time, and uh, kind of got us roped into something. Uh, you guys were already there. I was still a little bit nervous about publishing at all, but at that point, it was the point of no return. So, take me back six years, 2012. That's when you launched this thing. Um, what made you decide you wanted to do a blog? 
don't know. Um, <clears throat> at that point, I had already had a, a very small uh, blog that I had started when I became a stay-at-home father. Uh, largely was just blogging to keep my mind moving, things of that nature. And, uh, you know, as former uh, congregants at uh, HBC, uh, when uh, James brought in the uh, T.D. Jakes and the whole elephant room to mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes, occurred. a big megachurch pastor, but also somebody that was known for this thing called modalism, which most consider a heresy, kind of an anti-Trinitarian. Correct. And so, uh, yeah, this uh, small blog that I had, we uh, started, uh, you know, uh, following various uh, pieces after uh, I had written a a thing on uh, Jake's and the Elephant Room 2. Ryan had done likewise, and uh, very quickly, I mean, literally within days, we started getting... uh, Folks emailing us, calling us, contacting mm-hmm. us, going, hey, there's a lot more here okay. than what you have said. So <laughs> the Elephant Room was a conference that had T.D. Jakes, but why the debt? Why the elephant's debt? Well, um, so so in addition to sort of the controversy of not, not the fact that he invited T.D. Jakes for a conversation, which is a, mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to do, um, but the manner in which he handled it and, and Mark Driscoll had handled it. Uh, which raised a lot of controversy. Um, Harvest Bible Chapel had accumulated uh, $65, 70000000 million of debt. Um, and this was a, a secret to most people at the church. Yeah, yes. well, yeah uh, <laughs> to most of the elders. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it really happened as a result of, you know, what I believe to be an egotistical uh, person attempting to build an, uh, an empire, a platform uh, for his own personal gain and profit and, um, narcissism, and uh, so. And you guys were longtime members there. You were teaching oh, yeah. at the school, right? Harvest Christian Academy. At yeah, the time. I mean, I I was 19 years old, and probably 19. You were 19 ni- years old when this <clears throat> when started. When I started, yeah. And oh so my I was. Goodness. It was 1990, um, and and. Oh, when you first started going? Okay. When, yeah, <laughs> when I first started atten- attending okay. the church. Okay. Um, and then, uh, for the last uh, sort of stint at the church, yeah, I was on staff as a high school teacher. Um, at uh, Harvest Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so I was there for about four years, and then about two years into it, we had come back to the church because we had gone away to a small church plant and came back and just the, the whole environment had changed and we decided to leave. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, I want to get a little more information on this whole thing with the elephant's dead and how this blog opened the eyes of, I think, a lot of people at the church. Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's. Joining me this morning, Ryan Mahoney and Scott Bryant, co-authors of The Elephant's Dead. I'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. We now return to The Roy's Report. Here's your host, Julie Roy's. Well, are crusading bloggers cleaning up society by exposing abuse and corruption, or are they spreading gossip and lowering the standards of journalism? Welcome back to the Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's. I'm so glad you've joined us for this important discussion about the role of blogs in journalism, especially as they relate to the faith community. If you'd like to weigh in, the number is 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. Or you can also uh, join the conversation on Twitter. Our Twitter 
handle is at reach Julie Royce, and Royce is spelled R-O-Y-S. You also can chime in on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash Julie Royce, again, R-O-Y-S. Also, today I'm giving away a free e-booklet that I've written called The Case for Christian Investigative Journalism. I know there are those that say Christians should never publish something damaging about another Christian or Christian group. But in this booklet, I argue that's it's not just permissible, but it's actually biblical to publicly expose Christian leaders who persist in sin. So to get that, just go to julieroys.com slash giveaway. That's julieroys.com slash giveaway. One word, giveaway. Uh, I've also posted a link to uh, the giveaway on Facebook, so you can get it uh, from there as well. Well, joining me this morning are Scott Bryant and Ryan Mahoney, authors of The Elephant Debt, a blog critical of Harvest Bible Chapel and its former pastor, James McDonald. Also in just a bit, uh, Dr. Jessica Hockett, a micro blogger on Twitter, is going to join me. But before I go to my guests, I want to go to my phone lines. I have uh, Peter on the line with uh, some thoughts about blogging. <clears throat> Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Roy's Report. Russ, thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's your comment? I- uh, I went to Moody, too. You didn't like me. Mark Job. Yeah, and uh, McDonald, too. I went to both. Mm. My friends go there. And uh, you can't lead the sheep to the, to, the, to, the, to, to the deep and get rid of them. That's terrible. But uh, you're right, Miss uh, Ross. So I wanted to say, but uh, you're great. I mm. keep believing there's a lot of weak people out there. Mm. There's Scientology. There's a lot of terrible stuff out there. They're blogging. They get a... See, I don't use a computer anymore because uh, all that, uh, that's a cult. It's a brainwashing. And there's people greed out there. A lot of greed. A lot of greed. Well, and Peter, you bring up a good point, and, and that is that there's, there's problems in the church right now. And I, I hear the emotion in your voice, and I think a lot of, that sh- a lot of us here share that, that burden for the church. And we love the church. Man, I, you know, I know there's some people out there that are just trying to, to tear it down. Um, but I started writing just, about no. Moody. I also started writing uh, about uh, Harvest Bible Chapel, James McDonald, because I love the church. And um, Scott and Ryan, I know you love the church, too. And, and that's why you started doing this blog and, again, exposing things at the church. Um, you had started to say just a little bit about what happened as a result of the exposure that you brought with your blog called The Elephant's Debt. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Maybe hit on some highlights over this, you know, six years. It's amazing how long you guys stuck with it. Yeah. It, um, well, as Scott was starting to say in response to a conference uh, McDonald uh, was hosting at the church, um, Elephant Room 2 with T.D. Jakes and that controversy, we both had, had written on our respective blogs uh, a criticism of how that was handled, mm-hmm. uh, not that it took place. And um, in response to that, I mean, I started, I got an email um, it started off anonymously. I didn't know who this was, who, who basically said that, uh, you know, the problems are much deeper uh, than you realize. And, and this person began to share stories. Mm. Um, and so we began corresponding back and forth. And I think s- something similar was happening with you, Scott. And, right. mm-hmm. and that just snowballed as, as the stories began to accumulate, just the outrage. Were you, were you shocked at some of it? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you were members of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was I had not heard these stories um, and these kinds of reports. And, and, you know, as it turns out, the, the person who was who was email had been on staff, had, had been an elder. Hmm. Um, so this was not. Oh, wow. just Yeah, it was not just some, you know, fly by night Joe at the church, um, but somebody who was an eyewitness to 
uh, many of the things wow. that we're talking about. And, and that was my experience, too. I started reporting on this and investigating because a former pastor reached out to me, but then I had former elders, numerous former elders, and I realized, wow, this, this, is, this is really serious. Um, some of the other things you guys discovered was the kind of house James McDonald was living in, the kind of lifestyle. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. We uh, <clears throat> along the way we picked up uh, stories about gambling. I think that actually arose through the comments section. Folks started sending us pictures of him in casinos, right. and, and of I that remember nature. that. <laughs> I remember that because I was at Moody Radio at the time. He was on Walking the Word, yep. and I remember going to the leadership and saying, "What in the world? This is a th- this is a radio pastor involved gambling at Vegas." I mean, right, I know. T- and the tie-in to Moody was that Jenkins got roped up into that story, and World Magazine did a story. Right, Jerry about Jenkins was Jerry the, Jenkins. the chairman of the board at the time, yeah. and and yeah, I really thought he should have been taken off the air back in 2012 when the gambling came out and the stuff that you did. But this has to be a little bit disheartening. You you, you know, here you exposed this huge debt that nobody at the church knew about, um, in entertaining a, a speaker who, what a lot of people would say, was advocating something heretical, although I think he kind of walked it back a little bit. Um, then you have this somewhat ostentatious lifestyle, you, but nothing's happening, is it? You know, it, it was not it wasn't, right? Um, you know, through various back channels along the way, we would hear about uh, people leaving. Uh, I think at one point it was one of uh, Ryan's former students that actually had uh, heard from an elder's wife in terms of numbers. Um, and they were registering in the thousands. I think in the lawsuit they said 2,000. Uh, the number we had heard was higher. Um, but yeah, there, there gets a point where... Uh, and you saw think, the giving dip too, right? The, yeah, the weekly you absolutely saw the giving well, dip. Well, yeah. and especially 2013 was when three former mm-hmm. elders yeah. were excommunicated yeah. publicly because they had yeah. brought a letter, and I, I have all of this at my website. Um, they brought a letter to the current elders, these former elders, three former elders, and then five additional former elders. There are a total of eight former elders saying, James McDonald is disqualified from ministry. He needs to stop preaching. And instead of the church and the elders saying, oh my goodness, we need to look into this, because they said they had witnesses and and specific incidents that they would be happy to talk about, within 24 hours, they made the elders at Harvest that were elders at that time, who no longer are there, thank God, but excommunicated. By video, on, by video, on the website, using the yeah. men's names. I yeah. mean, absolutely shocking. Um, using words like "satanic" to the core to describe yeah, their exactly. Action. And some of them, two of them, are sponsors of the show. So thank you very much. <laughs> um, but that was just so mm-hmm. awful. And uh, you know, if you've seen this video again, that's posted on my website. To me, it's absolutely shocking. And you did see giving go down, right? In 2012, after that video, I'm sorry, 2013, mm-hmm. after that video. A year goes by. Are you thinking, finally, finally, there's going to be a day of reckoning? You know, I don't think we ever really were. I no. Honestly, I still remember the night that we were <laughs> getting ready to publish, and I think we, we'd looked at one another. We're like, you know, we can't win, right? There is no win here. Mm. Um, this is just going to be, we're going to walk into the field, and we're going to get slaughtered, and... Are you ready to do this? It's and kind it's of like, a Don Quixote thing, isn't it? It's right, like, right. We're going to attack the windmill, and it'll feel good. But exactly. <laughs> and for those who have ears to hear, yay! Yeah. But you know, yeah. yeah. So you know, we went quiet. I think in January 14, and uh, you know, for about a three, three and a half year period uh, ish, we were mm. uh, we were quiet. Yeah. And then obviously everything broke with the fellowship, and uh, suddenly when well, the he, new mansion. 
right? The new mansion. You right. know, he had promised to downsize for the, quote, sake of Jesus. Right. And within, you know, short, short period of time, we're firing up a new mansion, you know. And didn't you guys reach out to some other <clears throat> prominent Christian leaders? Yeah. Who I don't know if you want to name them or not. No, but I'll, I know I'll you, do that. Okay. Yeah. You reached out to them. And tell me what the response was. Well, when we were launching uh, the site, we, <laughs> we had gathered up most, if not all, of the emails from people on staff, mm-hmm. um, elders, and then, you know, Christian um, uh, celebrities. Yeah, I mean, let's use the word. Uh, Matt Chandler, D.A. Carson, just going, hey, you should, you should, you have a relationship with this man. You should know this other Matt part Matt Chandler, of the story. big megachurch pastor yeah, in Texas. Texas. D.A. Yeah. Uh, Carson theologian yeah. very prominent uh and, and and head of the gospel coalition that james used to be a part of before he was you know he resigned not, yeah, Resi- resigned yeah. air quotes <laughs> with, with encouragement yeah, sorry. yeah um so yeah you, you know you email the community to say hey you know you you play with this guy uh you think he's he's good and i understand if you go golfing with him you'd get that impression but you know if you live with the guy here's some other stories you might want to consider um and and maybe you have a duty to do something for the church and, you know, back then I was surprised that they didn't seem terribly interested in working. Um, not just not interested. There weren't some of them kind of yeah, aggressive well, yeah, towards actually, you? Yeah, Matt Chandler actually responded in an email saying, I'm, I'm going to use, you know, all of my strength or energy. That's, you know, I'm paraphrasing here uh, to work against this, this awful thing. that you're, Yeah. You're so and, and that is a, that's the perception of a lot of Christians, that this is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Ryan think it's a good thing. Again, you're listening to Roy's report. I'm Julie Roy's. Uh, a lot of you on the phone lines. I'm going to get to the phone lines when I come back. But right now we have to go to the break. If you want to join the discussion, 312-660-2594. We'll be right back. Former U.S. Ambassador Caroline Kennedy is coming to the Chicago area this October for a special conversation at Judson University's 2019 World Leaders Forum. Learn how Kennedy, a diplomat and author and the eldest child of President John F. Kennedy, carries on her father's legacy of public service at this unique opportunity for the Chicagoland community. Get your tickets today for this lively conversation hosted by nationally syndicated radio host and commentator Eric Metaxas. The World Leaders Forum brings recognized world leaders to the region each year to inspire leadership for all who attend. Many great thinkers and leaders have keynoted this prominent event. You won't want to miss Caroline Kennedy this fall. Judson University's 2019 World Leaders Forum is October 8th, 7 p.m. at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center. Tickets start at $75 and are available now at judsonu.edu slash WLF. Once again, tickets available now at judsonu.edu slash WLF. Now, more of the Roy's Report. Once again, here's Julie Roy's. Are they cleaning up the church and society by exposing abuse and corruption, or are they spreading gossip and lowering the standards of journalism? Welcome back to the Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's, and so glad you joined us for this important discussion on our very first episode of the Roy's Report. We're talking about blogs and journalism, especially as they relate to the faith community. If you'd like to weigh in, the number to call, 312-660-2594, or you can reach us on Twitter, uh, our Twitter handle, at Reach Julie Roy's, and Roy's is spelled R-O-Y-S, or you can also chime in on Facebook. Let's go to facebook.com slash Julie Roy's. Uh, I want to get to our phone lines as soon as possible. Got, got a lot of people on the phone line, and I have Mar- uh, Matt on the line, and I know Matt. I'm guessing, is this Matt Wahlberg? 
It is Matt Wahlberg. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, Matt is uh, someone that I've worked with uh, back when he was an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And in fact, we were working on a harvest story when I got slapped with this <laughs> lawsuit. And um, that kind of uh, got me dropped from, from the Trib pretty quick, didn't it, Matt? Yeah, it sort of complicated things a little bit. It did. It did. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I should mention that lawsuit has since been dropped and Harvest paid uh, not just our lawyer's fees, but uh, a little bit of damages, too, for... Oh, oh, I'm Seth, still waiting. Ryan Mahoney is still waiting. That's true. You have not <laughs> settled with them, so that is an open issue. But, Matt, um, I'd love your perspective on this, on blogs and things, because you are... Uh, you come from uh, a journalism background, like like myself. Uh, I was trained in journalism, went to Northwestern, um, and uh, worked in secular journalism. You've worked in secular journalism. Uh, do blogs make you nervous? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> and 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 that's kind of why I wanted to to the question that I wanted to pose. But I'll, I guess I'll set it up this way. And and Julie, you know this. You know, in journalism, of course, there's good journalism and there's bad journalism. Sure you know, is. It's, it's a human endeavor. And um, it's only as good as the, as the commitment of the people and the skill that they bring to it um, to pursue truth and do it in, a, in an objective and fair way. And, and we've seen that happen. But there are certain practices that are instituted uh, in most reputable, uh, you know, journalism organizations. Um, you know, there's a knowledge of laws of, you know, defamation and libel and slander things like that. You have an editorial uh, review process where, um, you know, a reporter might think it's the greatest story in the world until it gets in front of his editor and his editor or <laughs> editor says, and we've um, all had no, that experience, we're, haven't we? Yeah. We're not going to do that because, mm-hmm. um, we don't want to pay those legal fees. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, there's that check and balance that's in place. And, and I guess that's sort of my concern with, um, blogging a little bit. I'm not anti blogging any more than I'm anti journalism. Um, I just, uh, I think that the question that I would pose, um, to, to Scott and Ryan, um, because I don't think you guys have a, you don't come from a journalism background and that's neither good nor bad. I'm just curious how you view, um, how you build, uh, your reputation and how you protect it and how you are, how did you. Uh, what processes or safeguards did you put in place to ensure that you were fair and accurate uh, to the best of your ability with the information that you had? And how did you, what sort of editorial limits did you put in place to, to protect against uh, wrongly, um, you know, defaming or libeling someone? Yeah, that is a great question. So let me just, throw that to you guys um, to answer that because this is something you and I have talked about because we we do have different standards Um, so go ahead Scott you want to handle that one sure I will uh, Matt I'm going to actually argue against your contention in the sense that I think the differences are actually diminishing at this point Uh, I think maybe rewind a decade or two um, uh, when uh, journalism was uh, 
well-funded public endeavor. Hmm. Um, I think you had the power of editorial boards and, and all manner of reviews and checks and whatnot. But as we've seen that uh, erode uh, over the past decade, largely due just to the loss of, uh, of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a, a diminishing difference between the two. Uh, we did have standards. Um, we would publish, uh, you know, anonymous sources, uh, but so do journalists. You know, think back to sure. Watergate, things of that nature, right? Um, generally speaking, we wouldn't publish a story unless we had it from three different sources at any given time. Um, when we were ready to publish a story, we would generally contact the, uh, the, the topic or the focus of that story. And uh, there were actually times that we elected not to. Uh, in fact, there are two stories uh, to this day that still have not made it to light uh, that we are aware of from as far back as seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is, uh, is unpublished because we contacted the individual directly and for reasons of our own choosing, uh, we elected not to go with the story. Um, so there, there is a bit of editorial control, uh, but, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's Ryan, it's myself, and we're sitting in a room and we're looking at one another. And I guess at the end of the day, it's what can you live with and what can you not? Well, and let me just push back a little bit because anonymous sources are something like I hardly ever used when I published with World Magazine. Uh, they were real sticklers on this. I mean, they hardly ever use them. I mean, somebody has to be like facing, you know, death and dismemberment <laughs> or something for us not to publish a name. And I do think that that was one of the reasons why, because, because I remember a year, almost a year ago, a little bit less than a year ago, you guys had pulled your site down. You were kind of done, right? Uh, it was it was the it was the end of the summer, so we're coming up. On yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So and I called you convinced like, us yeah. to put it back like, on, and we got sued. So thank you. Yeah, well, sure. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm here to help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I urged you to bring it back on because you were a help. I think there's a synergy between bloggers and and journalists, and I really appreciate what you do. At the same time, I do think bringing um, telling things journalistically using those sources really accelerated the effectiveness yeah. of that. Well, they're, they're, they're two different things. And so to compare them is, is, is almost a, a false dichotomy. They're two yeah. different things. Um, well, although I did a lot of the same things, I would yeah. say, on my blog that I, that I did for, sure. for well, respected periodicals. But, but what you're doing is journalism and the blog is simply the medium. It, right? it is. It As is. opposed to being a blogger. Okay, we have to time out on this. We're going to another break. I hate this, but that's what we have to do. And I promise Dr. Jessica Hockett will be on in the next segment. Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's with Scott Bryant, Ryan Mahoney, and you. Number to call, 312-660-2594. We will be right back in just a minute. This is The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's. Well, welcome back to The Roy's Report. Again, today we're talking about crusading bloggers. Are they cleaning up society by exposing abuse and corruption, or are they lowering the standards of journalism? Uh, would love to hear your thoughts. 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. Also today, I'm giving away a free e-booklet that I've written called The Case for Christian Journalism. I know there are those that say Christians should never publish something damaging about another Christian or Christian group, but in this booklet... I argue why it's not only permissible, but biblical to publicly expose Christian leaders who persist in sin. So to get that, just go to julieroys.com slash giveaway. You don't have to give anything to me, whatever. This is just a free giveaway I want to give to you. Again, julieroys.com slash giveaway. Also, I want to let you know that next week we'll be discussing these radical pro-abortion bills that states have passed, like, yeah, the one here right in Illinois, uh, shameful. 
Um, but how is it that we can know that an unborn baby is human and still say it's okay to kill him or her? Well, joining me will be author and Christian apologist Nancy Piercy, one of my favorite uh, authors, by the way. And you'll want to hear what she has to say about personhood theory. It, that, that whole personhood theory, I'll, I'll say when I read this, it just kind of went, aha, the light bulb went on and I got it, why society can be doing this. Also joining me will be a pro-life activist, Father Frank Pavone, uh, one of my heroes, and also a pro-choice Christian activist, Olivia Burke. Um, I don't want to just be preaching to the choir. I want to engage the other side. So I invited Olivia to come on, too, and we're going to have a respectful conversation. I want to hear her perspective and engage with it. Um, But I know it's going to be a fascinating show, so I hope you join me next week here on The Roy's Report. Uh, Well, returning to our topic of crusading bloggers, I am finally, poor Jessica, she's been so incredibly patient. Thank you, Dr. Jessica Hockett, for being here. Um, Such a joy to be with you in person. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted. So uh, Jessica is what you might call a micro blogger, um, and she has a Twitter handle at xharvest, what is it, underscore? X underscore harvest. X underscore harvest. That's what it is. And um, you have had how many tweets in the past few months? I think 16... Thousand four hundred, <laughs> and, and you've been months. You've been accused of being a little obsessive. A little bit. You, yes. you don't do anything. Dedic- part dedica- way. Invested is what I like to say. Well, yeah. and you are. And so tell me, um, Dr. Jessica Hockett, who also is, you know, you've got your doctorate in education, extraordinarily bright, and I think that's why you've gotten a following so quickly. But this whole Harvest story made you take to Twitter. Did you ever? Were you ever on Twitter before? Way back when it first started, and then for a little while I had a professional presence, but I was like, ah, this, you know, this medium's not really working for what I want to do, but it's, uh, it was perfect uh, for this, this harvest inquiry. It was, and I'll be honest, I've been on Twitter for, uh, I don't know, four years maybe. I've never liked it much. I, I kind of like Facebook more. I could write more substantive posts, things like that. Twitter, with this harvest story, became a whole other thing. Um, and it was so cool to see what it was doing. Um, but it, explain microblogging and how you kind of leverage Twitter to um, get the word out, but also to, I, I saw you sort of like galvanizing this grassroots movement uh, to bring change at Harvest Bible Chapel. Sure. Well, I first want to say, you know, we went to Harvest Bible Chapel for, for 12 years. We, we resigned our mem- membership in November 2017. We had, we had moved on. Then the lawsuit came in October 2018, and one of the things that it did by design and by intention was shut down the comment board at Mm. the Elephant's Debt, which the Elephant's Debt I saw for many years, many people did as a lifeline for the real inside story about Harvest, and it was a forum for people, uh, a free speech forum, really, for people discussing what what was happening. And so that was shut down, and I thought... How am I going to talk to people about this? Mm. Um, what, what are other people thinking? I, I didn't say, oh, I want to go on and do all this research and I want to be a crusader or I want to be this advocate or this leader. That sort of happened organically. But really, I just wanted to talk with other people. Um, and so I saw Twitter as just an open public discussion board where I ended up delivering kind of bite-sized content to people. And it really allowed, because of the speed of it, mm-hmm. it really allowed me and others to keep up with Harvest and sometimes beat them to the punch mm-hmm. and provide really real-time commentary on what the church was doing and not doing. Oh, man. And, and what was so amazing is I know there was an elders meeting, for example, and people started twi- tweeting because somehow somebody in that elders meeting leaked some stuff that was happening before they know it 
you know, they're in the meeting and people are talking about what's going on. And, and it gave, I know probably that's frustrating for some leaders, but when you have an organization that's dysfunctional, that uh, is sort of shrouded in secrecy like Harvest was, all of a sudden it was like, wow, the, 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 the curtain was pulled back and we were able to see things. And I, I think what you did so well, too, is you are, you are a researcher. That's what you do. You get to the mm -hmm. bottom of things. And so you would uh, link to Google Dots or Padlet or whatever it is um, with all sorts of extra information. You'd compile it so that people could go quickly and see that. So uh, I never thought of Twitter. I always thought it was such a micro. You know, how many characters do we get? 100, 140. 140 no, characters? 280. 280. Oh, that's right. 280. 280. Yeah, that's right. I have Yeah. Yes, I um, But you feel like you can't get anything done in 280 characters. But what you would do was use that to again get this discussion going but also link people to um more important information more exactly. uh, organized information that you know how did you get the the idea to do that did you see others doing that you know what it just it sort of emerged because if people for people who aren't on twitter there's twitter on stage and mm -hmm. what you see you know people publicly tweeting and then there's direct and private messaging that's sort of the backstage mm -hmm. so what would happen is i i would tweet things and then all of these people would start to contact me current and former members current and fo you know, former leaders and people would really feed me information or give me tips and give me leads and say look you can't say it was me but here's what's happening or say hey submit a FOIA request for this. Mm -hmm. And so I would go and submit a FOIA request and maybe pass it to you or give it to Ryan <laughs> or tweet it out to the to, to the world. So I was really um, fed by, by other people who saw me, rightly or wrongly, as, as a voice uh, for truth, who was willing to say what they could not say or not say yet publicly. Well, and there also, I saw a new angle to journalism. And I can say this with both uh, the Harvest investigation, the Moody investigation also had uh, a blog involved, The Broken Twig. I, I would have had the authors on, except they're still secret as to who they are. They weren't ready to, to come out with it. But, um, but that I was able to crowdsource for information. It's like, hey, I need somebody who saw this. You know, I heard this, this rumor. I'll never report rumors. I have to get them substantiated by on-the-record source. But what I could do is say, has anybody heard about this? You know, contact me. Um, if you have information, and wow, I would get contacted. It was, it's amazing. I, social media is just like a dream. I, I had two dreams here for a journalist. Mm -hmm. One was social media and the way it was working, and all of you guys contributed to that. This, the second was getting sued because that gave me subpoena power, yeah. which mm -hmm. was an absolute dream for a journalist. But crowdsourcing, did you sure. see that? You're, you're talking about that and how, how that worked. That was really, sure. really amazing. Hey, I want to go to our phone lines. I actually have uh, someone on the line from Africa, Dave Larson, somebody that, <laughs> actually, I know Dave back from Wheaton days. So, Dave, welcome. Do we have Dave on? Hello, Dave? Okay, maybe we're having trouble with that. Dave, can you hear me? Okay. Well, I guess we're having trouble with our front lines. Let's try. Uh, I will also have Dan. I, I'm, I'm guessing is this Dan George, uh, former elder at Harvest. Hi. Yeah. Oh, Dan. Hey, how you doing? Great, great. I guess the connection from Africa isn't working so well, but I'm guessing you're right here in Illinois. Am I right? Well, I'm actually over the over the state line. I'm up in Wisconsin for okay. a family thing, but we've just been the whole time. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, well, my thoughts have changed a lot, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, for for you know Ryan and Scott, like what what 
and I thank you for what you guys have done. I've said that probably in Twitter yeah. world and other places on my blog, but thank you for what you've done. What kept you going for so long <laughs> uh, when you said there's no winning here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just for context, I don't know if people know, but Dan George was an elder at Harvest for many years while we were blogging, and I, I had a relationship with him <clears throat> before we were blogging, and, and we now maintain one uh, afterwards. We've talked a few times, but um, um, I... <laughs> I'm Irish, I'm Scottish, um, so there's just a sense of personality, of uh, um, rage, um, and uh, seeing people abused that I just don't care what the cost is. I don't like bullies, and we're going to do what we can do. And uh, it's, some of it is just, uh, I'm going to go ahead and thank my mom uh, for that characteristic. And uh, so some of it is personality, but, but some of it is... is um, you know, I went to law school and practiced law for seven years, and so this desire to advocate um, just kind of runs in the blood. So, I mean, that would be a bit of well, my what, story. But. What gave us victory, though? I mean, what do you see? What really led to um, this kind of blowing, blowing the doors off it, Scott? I, I don't even know where to begin to answer that question, to be honest. Uh, there are so many things that came together uh, mm -hmm. over the course of seven years, right? Uh, one of the things that's occurred to me is that, uh, in many ways, this mirrors the Mars Hill situation with Mark Driscoll, right? Yeah. Mars Hill is a big mega church, right? and Mark Driscoll was removed from leadership there. Right, and some things were said over a period of time, and then there was a, a time when things were quiet, and then there was a time when a new crisis emerged, and suddenly people started revisiting the early stuff, and suddenly... Mm -hmm. You know, here we are, mm -hmm. um, and and Mark loses uh, Mars Hill. Mars Hill largely collapses, and mm -hmm. uh, I think there is a, a sense in which certain people need to actually have time to process things, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's 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 a tough question to answer. Let mm -hmm. me ask Jessica, what do you think? How, why do you think this finally? Because I mean, <clears throat> you guys were blogging since 2012. Yeah. Then, wow, I mean, the past uh, six eight months have been huge. Sure. I, I, I really think that the, the public nature of it became more public all of a sudden, right? Yeah. When, ironically, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, and so yeah. now you've put this in, uh, which a, a church of 10,000 people, what you do is public anyway, right? You excommunicated right. people publicly. They, they had done all these things and publicly. Ironically, when, when James McDonald and the church sued us, then Christianity Today gave him a platform exactly. to right. write this right. editorial, uh -huh. making a case that I'd say is unbiblical, why it's okay and to And never having him. covered all the controversy about him. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. This is the first they, they really covered it. Yeah. Um, that actually publicized it big time and publicized the fact that I had this World Magazine coming out, Sure, this article right. in World Magazine. So when that hit, I think it just had that much more impact. Exactly. People saw you as, okay, here's now a, a real journalist, right, taking taking up the, the story, and she is going to be more objective, and she's going to source this well. And so that really put it, it, it gave it gave Elephant Step more credibility, and I think it validated your work for, yeah. for people. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think we can ignore the reality, and, and part of the difference between a blog and a, and, a, and a journalist is, is at least how we did it, we were very intentionally provocative. Uh, we were looking to provoke a reaction. Um, just given James's temperament and who he was as a human, um, our, our best weapon was to get him talking as much in public um, and, and being provocative, um, you know, did that. And, you know, what, what ends it? I, 
it was always consistently for so many years his own choices and actions. Yeah, for sure it was. And I wish we had so much more time to talk about this, but we have to bring this to a close. You know, I have to say I personally love blogs, and I love that it's enabled people with a message to build a platform. It's democratized journalism and enabled anyone with a computer to reach the masses. But with great power comes great responsibility. So I think we need to steward this tool well that God has given us. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much to my guests as well. Scott Bryant, Ryan Mahoney, and Jessica Hockett. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.